0: Bread is actually the number two searched term on Instacart and it's in nearly one third of all of our deliveries.
1: Welcome to Scent Sliced Bread. I'm your host, Charlotte Ashley, editor of Baking & Snack. Whether bread and rolls, sweet goods and snack cakes, or cookies and crackers, you're probably selling your product into a variety of channels. In season 12 of Scent Sliced Bread, We're taking a look at how some of the main channels for Bakery and Snacks have changed over the past three years, and how you can better adapt your portfolio and business to meet the needs of your customers. In this first episode of Season 12, I had the opportunity to speak to Morgan O'Hara, Director of Brand Partnerships for Instacart. We talked all things e-commerce and how brands can ensure their products are front and center on the digital shelf. Welcome to Scent Slice Bread, Morgan.
0: Thank you, Charlotte. I'm excited to join today.
1: The past few years have been huge for e-commerce, Instacart specifically. You guys are a leader in this space. What have we learned over the past few years about how consumers shop for groceries online?
0: Yeah, you know, Charlotte, I have been at Instacart for four years, so I can tell you the last couple have been really crazy for the grocery industry in general, but especially for e-commerce. And what we have really learned is that online grocery is not a one size fits all, and it's not an all or nothing proposition. We've seen exponential growth in the e-commerce industry. And we've also seen that consumers are engaging with multiple channels to solve their grocery needs, whether it's shopping in store themselves, it might be starting an online order and picking it up in store, or even just where we started our roots and just having an order delivered right to their homes. And, you know, we focused on helping retailers, I'm not sure how familiar this audience is, but. We've really positioned ourselves as a retailer enablement platform that's been helping consume, uh, helping retailers meet the moment for consumers, whether consumers are on their weekly shop, whether they're bulk shopping, last minute convenience, special occasions, maybe even just simple meal occasions where they're trying to order from the deli. And we've really found that consumers are responding in kind. We are seeing people leverage online grocery for so many trip missions that I originally hadn't even thought of versus what some consumers that might not be online users or might not be as familiar with the space, they may think of it as more of a sporadic fill-in trip. Recently, it's been really interesting to see how convenience and special occasion trips have been ones that we've focused on and we've seen really great response with our consumers and actually also with our retail partners know, that's that's trends in general, and it's been really interesting just to see how well consumers are responding and understanding how they can leverage e-commerce to help them in their day-to-day lives.
1: So yeah, our listeners, Morgan, are commercial bakers and snack manufacturers. So the companies that are making the food that consumers are buying from the retailers, so Nature's Own, sliced bread, Oro Wheat. Kellogg Company, Frito-Lay, all of those companies and and so many more. What have we learned specifically about how consumers are shopping for those products online, the bakery and the snack products? You mentioned a lot about impulse, that kind of convenience trip. What are we learning about those specific categories?
0: Well, you know, it's interesting because bakery in general, especially bread, is such a highly penetrated category. And as I'm sure you're aware it's in so many baskets that the the bread consumer is very aligned to the typical consumer because so many people buy bread and bakery products. So one, bread is actually the number two searched term on Instacart, and it's in nearly one third of all of our deliveries. So if that tells you anything about why the behavior is very similar to bakery as well as just the average consumer. But some neat things that we've seen about bakery consumers in general in in the bakery category is one, consumers, when you can get them when they're first entering the platform. So think about consumers as they're trying to build their first carts on Instacart. We've seen that when you can get into that first cart. So let's just say, I think Nature Zone was the first brand you mentioned. So I'm just going to throw that one out there as an example. When you can get that brand into a consumer's first cart, you can see that the spend for that brand over the following six months is 40% higher. So for bakery in general, that's something really important to remember. Another few things is that even though we've seen a lot with the COVID pandemic, we're also entering a new phase of inflation and difficult times for a lot of US consumers. And so more recently, we're also seeing some some new trends in bakery where consumers are responding more to this new economic times. Specifically, we've been seeing consumers responding to those inflationary prices in a way that some are shifting towards the value segment. Now, I would say that there are so many amazing bakery brands where loyalty is still really high, but in places where people are feeling maybe a little more a little tighter around maybe their budgets, we are seeing a slight shift down into value. But overall, we have seen that bakery continues to be a really important category for consumers, really a must have. And that despite inflation, we're still seeing increased user growth to that category in the double digits without really seeing a major reduction in units per delivery.
1: That's really great to hear and really great news about Bread being the number two searched item and that 40% growth number you cited about getting in that person's first cart is just such a good thing to keep in mind when engaging in the e-commerce space. Yeah, definitely. So... As you work with brands, as the director of brand partnerships, what are some of the common pitfalls you've seen as food companies try to get their products on an e-commerce platform like Instacart and in front of the consumer in that way?
0: You know, of course, there are companies large and small, and there may be differences between what the pitfalls may be between a large, large company and a small up-and-coming bakery brand. But what I'd say overall as a, a pro before I even get to the pitfalls is that Instacart is a self-service platform. Mm-hmm. And so we have come a long way in ensuring that the process is fairly seamless for our brand partners. But there are a couple things over the course of the last few years that we've noticed can sometimes be a, a bit of a learning curve or, or a hiccup. And the first is, brands need to understand that one, they have to be on the grocer's shelf in order, to surface on Instacart. Mm-hmm. So if, if you're someone that's maybe just starting out and selling a brand on Amazon, but you're not yet in your local, you know Kroger, Albertsons, et cetera, then you're likely not going to show up on Instacart. But if you are on the shelf, then something that brands should keep in mind, especially maybe the smaller brands, is that content is important when consumers are making decisions. And so they'll want to make sure that they have proper images and information for their brand early on when brands, one, we didn't have the same ability to help brands in the way of content. But now that we do, we've learned just having those images so that consumers really understand what they're buying can help set brands up for success in e-commerce. Larger brands have the value of content service providers. So they already have all of these curated images and contents in in these larger companies that feed directly to Instacart, which makes it a lot easier for them, but still something that everyone needs to keep an eye on, large or small. I'd say just one more thing to consider. And many brands have kind of passed this evolution, but I think about this especially with brands that are maybe newer to e commerce. As they get on to, A platform like Instacart and they're starting advertising, some people are so focused on ROAS that they really miss the greater opportunity to advertise to new brands and really think about the opportunity of of getting high in the shelf to increase their awareness because the more you can get in front of consumers, the better chance you have of growing your overall sales over time. We know here at Instacart that almost 70% of clicks are taking place in that first three positions. And so getting to the top of the aisle is invaluable and the return on investment will come, especially as you grow. So it's just not being so focused on short term returns and thinking about more metrics that can really fuel your business for the future.
1: Thanks for listening to this episode of Since Sliced Bread. I just wanted to hop in here really quickly to tell you about an opportunity from Soslin Publishing to gain insights into ingredient markets. You may have heard of and even attended Soslin Publishing's purchasing seminar that happens every summer. But did you know that this winter, Soslin Publishing is offering a 90-minute purchasing seminar winter webinar On December 7th at 3 p.m. Eastern, you'll hear from market and weather experts on what they expect the future will bring for ingredients. Between war, inflation, and weather and logistics challenges, your purchasing managers need these insights more than ever. Go to purchasingseminar.com to register. And now, back to the show. Let's talk about that specifically, reaching the consumer through Instacart. How is that different from reaching the consumer with an in-person, an aisle sale?
0: Yeah, it's funny. This has been a little bit of a learning curve for so many companies, especially if they have people in the company that aren't as familiar with e-commerce, but are accustomed to the old brick and mortar way of doing things. And I think the first thing to think about is that the shelf in store doesn't translate directly to the e-commerce shelf or the digital shelf. And so, brands have spent years curating these in person shelves where they have their bread or their bakery products in just the right space on the shelf. Mm -hmm. And even though they will translate in terms of the product will be available in Instacart, but it doesn't mean that you'll be top of shelf. So, it's really important to consider that you still need to work and invest in a strategy to get that great shelf placement online just as you have been doing in store. Mm -hmm. And so upon doing that, it's important to them think that the online journey isn't linear. And so there is such a huge opportunity to reach consumers in such a different way than you do in store. And if you just put yourself mentally in a store, I'm sure you you walk the store frequently, I would say I'm less frequent nowadays because I really am lazy and love to have everything delivered to my doorstep. (laughs) But when you walk through an a store, it's designed so that you may only see a brand one time in your whole trip to a store. You walk down the bread aisle maybe one time. Maybe you'll see an end cap at some point if you're lucky, and you may see that brand two times. Right. But in the Instacart experience, the opportunity to show up in front of a consumer multiple times during a shopping journey is, is so different and so unique. You may show up when someone first gets onto the site, if you're lucky enough to show up on their homepage. Mm-hmm. And then as you're searching and browsing, there are opportunities to surface. When people are searching, not only for, let's say you're a bread brand, you may be able to surface at the term peanut butter or at the term orange juice. So you can really get out of that aisle and interact with consumers when they may not be directly thinking about your brand or your category. The other exciting thing is that you will surface in their buy it again. And so there's that opportunity to stay top of mind with your loyal consumers through that specific unique placement on the site. The other thing I would think about too is like the ability to cross merchandise. I know early in my evolution here, there's so much excitement about placements that just aren't possible in the store. Mm-hmm. So you can really think about how, what are solutions versus, you know, sitting in your aisle and shelf placement. So while shelf placement is important, you can go beyond that to solutions that can take six months to a year
1: to negotiate in store so what I'm hearing you say is you could even take advantage of being placed next to products that might complement the product that you're trying to sell like if you're selling a breakfast bagel you could show up when people are like searching for other breakfast items like orange juice things that are or coffee like things that might go together and therefore take advantage of some cross merchandising
0: Exactly. If that helps, I can kind of spin it into best practices and you can see how people are leveraging ad products to really implement these unique opportunities on our site.
1: Yes. What best practices are you seeing from some of the leaders in this space?
0: So first I would say, I've already touched on it a little bit, but best practice overall, and most e-commerce players would say the same, it's You really need to build the foundation with your sponsored product strategy. You can think of that as search marketing. So as people are searching or on our site, it's also browsing. You want to make sure that you're showing up when people are looking for those key items that are relevant to your products. Mm -hmm. But from there, you can really think beyond the shelf to build a greater strategy and drive consumers through the funnel all the way down to conversion. So the brands that are doing it best they're really leveraging broad-based awareness tactics. So we have things called pop-ups that can help elevate you when consumers are just coming to Instacart or storefronts when they're just coming into an actual store, such as you know your local stop and shop, where it's more of a, an advertising unit that would, everyone that walks into that store, so to say, virtually walks into that store, will see that during a key brand drive time or maybe a key awareness time frame and even most recently we've been seeing brands leverage it for those need states Uh, we've had recently an ice cream shop so think late night you're like man i could really go for some ice cream and there is that opportunity to meet that consumer in that unique moment of time and then you can also get out of your aisle so as i mentioned that cross merchandising we have display ads where you can leverage them both behaviorally and keyword targeted. So when you're thinking about keywords, you can get outside of bakery. You can keyword target items like orange juice, like breakfast, like milk or, you know, cereal or different opportunities where if you think, oh, people are often eating this with this, or when people buy this, they often buy this, you know, deli, peanut butter, And we also have shoppable video and shoppable display ads that can bring that idea to life. So if you are trying to target a breakfast occasion or keyword ads that would be relevant for that, you may have advertising or a video that would display those together that would really help resonate with consumers and drive that consumer to conversion.
1: So Morgan, you've mentioned um, a couple different things that help Baking companies and brands get into that digital cart, like making sure you're in the top three search result, the keyword optimization. How can brands kind of work with Instacart to make sure they're in those key places and cut through the noise and stand out against their competitors?
0: Yeah, well, first I'd say, you know, leverage your partners at Instacart or at any platform that you're working with. They really are the experts to help understand what you're trying to achieve and help you build out a strategy that's relevant for you according to your brand needs and seasonality, et cetera. But as I mentioned, I think you just touched on the first three placements. You know, you really do want to start with that always on sponsored product. That's just going to help meet the demand as it exists so that you don't miss out on any key opportunities to either retain consumers or find new consumers. But to cut through the noise, you know brands tend to go heavy during drive times. There may be a lot of competition. And so you'll really want to think about starting early. You know as major holidays come up, maybe for, for different brands, it's, it, it may be different, but for bakery, I think a lot about back to school. You may want to start a month out just to make sure that you're getting ahead of that timeframe so that consumers are starting to see your brands and starting to think about what they may need for those timeframes. And then above that, we've touched on it a little bit, but cutting through the noise, getting to the top of of the page or, or getting out there with some relevant creative that can be really disruptive and help consumers really tie your product to a use case. And we recently launched video and I think that's just such a great opportunity for brands to get out of their aisle, to show consumers how to use their brands and really create that tasteful moment where you can show them what your brand is all about and get outside the aisle by targeting different keywords that are relevant, but maybe not exact. So example, not bread, but,
1: you know, deli, peanut butter, breakfast. So like when you talk about creative, you're talking about making sure you have really gorgeous photos, investing in a video, maybe providing some like meal ideas or recipe ideas that when people click on your product, they can see all the ways that that product might fit into their daily lives.
0: Exactly. And while I do love... The look of video, I understand that not all brands have video assets available or ready or maybe, you know, smaller brands don't have the ability to change theirs out as frequently. And we do have the opportunity to just do more of a a static ad that's shoppable as well. So understand there are different brands, different stages and evolutions, and we can meet them where they are.
1: Morgan, as we're wrapping up our conversation, I feel like this whole conversation has kind of answered this last question, but if we can just kind of sum it up, how can baking and snack companies get the most out of their e-commerce presence?
0: Yeah, Charlotte, I think it's great. I, I know I like to talk about Instacart and the different opportunities, so I will wrap it up quickly in like three key points that I think all brands need to be thinking about. And one, nail the foundational elements so strong content and a specific strategy for e-commerce and especially the digital shelf so making sure you're showing up when consumers are looking for you online the second would be leveraging brand objectives and building a full frontal approach so making sure that after you've got that digital shelf presence right that you're thinking more broad awareness that you're getting out of the aisle so that you can surface in opportunities where where consumers aren't necessarily thinking about your brand or your category. And the third one is really leveraging data for success. We haven't talked a lot about data in this podcast yet, but our teams have been working diligently over the last two years to build out an amazing data platform where they can help brands understand Anything from sales, velocity, share in their category, all the way to new brand users. We can understand performance at the advertising level overall in the category. We have a great team here that has helped build out. We have an ads manager platform where some of that data is available regularly. All of that data is just going to make brands smarter and help them optimize their performance to be the best to meet their brand objectives and KPIs in the future.
1: I know everybody is hungry for data right now, whether they're on the manufacturing side and just trying to make their production more efficient or they're trying to sell more bread to the consumer. So that's great to hear that our listeners would have access to that to really optimize their Instacart experience.
0: Yes, it's it's really been a fantastic growth for us, just having a team that's been dedicated to building such an amazing platform and suite of data.
1: Well, thank you so much, Morgan, for taking the time to um, walk me through how baking companies and snack companies can better reach the consumer through this really exciting, newer platform.
0: Yeah, of course. Thank you so much again for having me. It's really been a pleasure. Love talking about Instacart and bakery and snack.
1: Thank you for listening to Scent Sliced Bread. If you'd like to join the conversation, leave us a voicemail at 816-968-7772. Or you can record a message using the Voice Memo app on your smartphone and email it to podcast at Don't forget to subscribe to Scent Sliced Bread on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts and drop us a review. Scent Slice Bread is a baking and snack podcast produced by Taryn Parker and hosted by Charlotte Atchley.